Hey guys, this is another episode of 81 Points, and in today's episode, we talk about what the hell is going wrong with the Lakers <laughs> these days. There's a lot to unpack here. You know, it's not a simple one person to blame for what's going on <laughs> with the team. One person to blame? It already sounds like you're about you're blaming someone. You know, there are... <laughs> we live in a complex world. There are complexities here at play, and... Sure. Yeah. A lot, lot of factors. Of, a lot of people like to... But blame on, say, the head coach of the Lakers. He's a very popular choice for the scapegoat. A very popular scapegoat at the moment. Um, or they want to place blame on the star player on the team who's seemingly not playing up to expectations. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of other things that need to be taken into consideration. So yeah. in this episode, we talk about you know who we think should be... Held who should accountable. be taking the brunt of it. Yeah. Who should be held accountable for what's going on with the Lakers? Um, we don't, we don't uh, keep it all negative, though. There are a lot of positives to take into account. Um, the arrival of Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Brandon Ingram's playing at, a dare superstar, I say, a superstar <laughs> level. A star level right yeah. now. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm talking to you, Pelicans fans. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Pelicans front office, you know. A player that you dismissed, Poo-poo. you know, just but a few weeks ago, yeah, is playing at a star level. So there are things to uh, take on a positive note here with the Lakers. So with that said, please enjoy this episode of Eighty One Points. Welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Welcome to another episode of 81 Points. This is a Los Angeles Lakers podcast, talking all things Lakers, NBA, hosted by two guys named Chris. We've been longtime Lakers fans, which means that we've been fans in good times and bad. These are the bad times. Right. right. Now. <laughs> so many of us believe that times are looking not so good right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what your I, overall feelings are at the I, moment. I feel like this podcast is going to be the, uh, the Luke Walton podcast. <laughs> oh, you want to go there? Well... Um, I think it's bound to, yeah, I think it's bound to um, touch on Luke Walton a little bit. Yeah, but, but yeah, things are really bad. Just, uh, it's crazy. I don't know the last time we've, we've had an, uh, I know, actually, I know you, you did a, you did a quick one. Yeah, we um, did, I did a solo one. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, prior to that, yeah, the, but the even, last one we recorded was after being the Houston Rockets. Right, right. But I was going to say, since then, and even since your last one that you <laughs> right. did, a lot has happened. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, a, like, narrative wise uh you know a lot has happened which is basically essentially what has happened is that the lakers have just kept losing yeah so at the most at the most crucial point in the season right so since our last combined uh podcast that we recorded together i think the lakers have played five games and one can say that these have been probably the worst five game stretch of Mm -hmm. the season for the lakers we right. had uh, 
two losses on the road against the Pelicans and the Grizzlies, two teams that are, that are not making the playoffs. The Lakers managed to win a game at home against the Pelicans. And then we had this past Friday's loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. And then to cap it all off, we had yesterday's loss to the Phoenix Suns. Just uh, probably the worst loss of the season, actually. Which one, the Phoenix one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a team that is like had won 11 games until, until that game. Yeah. And so things are looking not so good. What are your overall well, uh, impressions on everything? Well, I, 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 you know. Is the sky falling? I think so. Like, I would have said that um, we were pretty damn close to being in dire straits. Mm-hmm. Like, at the start of the All-Star, like after the All-Star break, you know, the start of those games. Maybe after the loss to the Hawks. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought like, because like, and if you, if you did not think that, I don't think you realize how competitive the West is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how hard. So even though like maybe standings wise, you may have not thought that we were uh, in a really tough spot, but um, you really have to take into account, <clears throat> excuse me, how competitive the West is to know that. Um, it was already going to be an uphill climb. And then, you know, and then, you know, let's talk about all these string of losses that we should have absolutely won. Um, so, yeah, I think that things have gone to a point where, um, you know, and, and, just, and justifiably so, like talk about Luke Walton uh, getting the axe and, um, you know, um, you know, people just talking about how, like, did you see the Snoop Dogg Instagram post? Yeah, he, he pretty uh, much went off on the entire team. Yeah. So I think at one point, a couple of podcasts ago, we looked at the schedule and we were like, okay, end of February, that's going to be like the easiest stretch for the Lakers right. remaining. Right. You had these past five games where four of the five teams were again, were, were teams that had losing records. So we figured, okay. They can pick up some wins here, you know? Yeah. And as it turns out, that didn't happen. Nope. Picked up a lot more L's than we thought. And now we're at a point where, like we said, the sky is falling. And whenever there's times like this where, you know, things are looking really bleak, people's natural tendency is to start asking themselves what went wrong or like who's <laughs> right. to blame. Right. It's, it's, and it is in particular, especially the case with, uh, or an organization like the Lakers, because, you know, this is one of the crown jewel organizations, you know, in, if not just the league, but all of sports. And yeah. so there's extra, you know, there's more scrutiny. Um, so, you know, when things are going well, you get loads of credit and you get all this hype. But when things are going poorly, it just this is reverse effect, which is like yeah. people, people tend to kind of over, uh, over-dramatize the situation. It's interesting to think about today's young Laker fan because right. let's, say you're like, let's say you're like in high school, like you're 15 years old. And that means you've probably been watching the NBA for, I don't know, like five to seven years. And 
these past five years for the Lakers, they've seen nothing but losing teams. Yeah. So this this young generation of Laker fan right now might be the first generation that's kind of used to a losing Lakers team. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like when we grew up, because when we grew up, I you know we we came in uh, I think as Laker fans when uh, the '80s, the whole eight, like we weren't around for the '80s Lakers, you know. So we were we were growing up with like the whole Anthony Peeler, Sadil three, and Nick Van Exel days, which were just not very great. You know, and then we just started to get um, the whole Kobe Shaq era, you know? Yeah, that that short period of time for the Lakers, though, it, I feel like it pales in comparison to how bad it is now, though. Right. Oh, that is true. I, I think yeah. that is that is a very true. And, I, you know, piggybacking off of what you were saying, too, about how, like, you know, the young Laker fan, you know, you just kind of you've just seen just. Uh, poor season after poor season yeah what's kind of interesting too is just as a young nba fan in general you have seen lebron james make the playoffs make the finals year in year out Mm -hmm. so this is kind of a weird it's a weird thing to see you know yeah um yeah like let alone playoffs this dude has made it to the finals like every single year right right that's insane so I brought up, you know, asking the question, like, what's going on? What's going wrong with this team? Mm -hmm. So there's a bunch of differing opinions here on, like, how much to place the blame on which entity here within the Lakers organization. So let's go through a couple of... um, And I think differing opinions, even I think just between you and I. I Yeah, let's let's go through, like, the list of scapegoats here. Right. and you brought up LeBron, so let's just start with LeBron. Um, the uh, LeBron haters, and there are a lot of LeBron haters that are also Lakers fans. Right. They are very vocal these days. Right. Because seemingly this guy is not displaying, let's say, leadership qualities out there on the court. <laughs> um, Which, and I'm a LeBron fan. I think they're very valid, though. So we see like visible frustration yeah. uh, with him on the court. Uh, his quotes after games don't really help either. Yeah, um, there have been reports of him, uh, you know, being the first guy on the bus bouncing. I think I think that's yeah. what happened yesterday after the Phoenix game. And well, you know, LeBron has, and it's it's hard to see because. Um, He's won so much, but LeBron is actually sort of a poor loser. He's a sore loser. Yeah, he doesn't really. He's not the type. He doesn't to really shake take, hands after games. He doesn't take stuff. losing very graciously. Uh huh. Um, and that's been kind of historic, even with his time in Cleveland and his time yeah. in Miami. Yeah. So, what are um, your thoughts on LeBron's plays these past couple of games? Um, yeah. In in terms of oh, what what are my thoughts of his play? His play and also like how I, much of how much of this losing has to do with LeBron. Well, I think he is. Uh, so here's my here's basically my ranking okay. of the blame. Okay? okay, at the top is the Laker front office in particular, Majinka. Okay, and then number two is LeBron, and then number three is Luke Walton. Oh, yeah. Okay, and those the top two is. Uh, or actually, the top one is by far 
uh, I mean, I, well, if let's you were see. to put a percentage yeah. on those three, how yeah. would you how would you distribute uh, I that? I would give it. Um, I'm just gonna just throw it out there, like sixty five percent Majinka. Okay, okay. And then, uh, and when you say Majinka, magic. I think you're saying magic, really, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and then LeBron, like twenty five. There's about a fourth of the total blame. Okay. And then uh, what's left over? Ten percent. Uh, you figured two Asian guys could figure this out quickly. <laughs> I uh, think so. Yeah, sixty-five. It's yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I think that's what I was going for though. Ten percent goes to Luke Walton. Wow. So okay. Um, that's that's interesting. So yeah. you want to finish your thought on LeBron? Yeah. You know, um, the thing, the reason why, like, I feel like people are giving him a uh they're giving him sort of a pass because yeah and we've talked about it a lot his his he's so good that his numbers always bear out in the end mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. like you look at the box score at the end of the day especially if you don't watch the game you're like this dude is still in his prime he's just so good it's like why is he not getting any help? I'm looking you know? at his game log right now, and yeah, it's it's, still, it's crazy, right? Still really good, really good. Yeah, but if you watch the game, you know that the guy has been borderline. And to his credit, he has played a little bit better recently, and I think all partially due to the fact that he's been like skewered on social media. But his his defense has been really bad. Uh, but on top of that. He really brought this on himself because of the whole, uh, the way the whole clutch sports handled the whole Anthony Davis thing. Yeah. And also the way he's pretty much kind of like, he's had, he's put no support to Luke Walton. Right. Um, all those factors you put into the, to, you, you know, you put into the, the whole pot there. He's absolutely a big part of the blame, in my opinion. Okay. Okay, that's a, you, so you and I do have differing opinions on right. on placing the blame. So for me, I would say I would put our well, we agree that number one is Magic Johnson. Yeah, I I, I would say like yeah, seventy percent of it on Magic, which is similar actually, to to what you. Well, actually, I yeah, that was gonna be my initial. I was gonna put seventy percent on on Magic. It's just a nice round number. Yeah. that I think yeah. makes makes yeah. a lot of sense yeah. to me. Yeah. So sixty five seventy. It's yeah. we're there. We're there. And then I would do fifteen uh, percent on Luke Walton. And then I would do. So what does that leave me with? Fifteen. Yeah, 15 uh, another fifteen percent. So <laughs> yeah. I would do. And then I would do. Ooh, I would split that fifteen percent between LeBron and the veterans on this team. Interesting. Okay. So obviously, I think we both agree that, you know, it starts up top. You know, all the decisions that have been made with how this roster has been composed, yeah. and you know, Magic, Magic is also one of those key guys that isn't endorsing Luke Walton either. You know, exactly. So I, I think most of the team's struggles are attributed to the moves that were made over the summer. Yeah, and it's interesting actually. You said the veterans, and I. I, w- I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think what I ended up doing was like lumping in the veteran stuff with pl- like placing that blame in the little category, in that category of the front office. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because I who, can see who, that. who picked up these, these, uh, 
these players, you know, it was the, uh, you know, the brain trust. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, but I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I would, I would, so I would put most of it on magic, you know, the whole Anthony Davis screw up. I, I think the Lakers handled it horribly. Mm-hmm. You, you put a lot of that on magic Johnson and that had a lot to do with ruining this team chemistry. It's, it, it's so bad right now. Yeah. And so most of it's on Magic. And then uh, I think the main point of difference between you and I is Luke Walton. Yeah. So I agree with you that... But it's actually not that far off, I think. Because, I mean, you put 15 on Luke. I put 10, you know, I put 10 on Luke. So, yeah. it, you know, I think we're on the same page. But you are more vocal about the fact that Luke Walton has... And it is true. He's, he's made some crucial mistakes in these very crucial games. Yeah, right? he's, he's made some mistakes... I, I do fully acknowledge that this guy was put in a very difficult situation. Yeah. Especially for a first-year head coach. And I feel like, you know, a combination of all those things working against him and then also seeing the questionable moves that he's made during these games. Yeah, you know, like his love affair with KCP. Yeah, so I, I talked about this in, in the solo episode that I recorded. Yeah. Uh, you know, why, why wasn't Reggie Bullock playing in the fourth quarter against Milwaukee? He 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 sat the bench the entire fourth quarter, um, sitting Brandon Ingram after he was just completely on fire, and Brandon pretty much Ingram, doused like a bucket of cold water over him. You Brandon know? Ingram, it's we'll, funny. we'll spend some time talking yeah, about because okay. we need right. to we need to like bring some light into right. into this episode. Right, right. So we'll talk about Brandon Ingram okay. at some point. Right. But Luke Walton, you know, you know, it's it's been clear that he's made some questionable decisions as a coach we fans have been clamoring for months now about his rotations and it looks like it's not getting any better so a combination of a lot of things working against him and i just feel like since he's a first year head coach this is like too much for him to handle yeah can he be a good head coach yeah maybe but he's not there yet right i don't think he's proven that he's like for sure can be like a really good coach yeah I agree. You know, he's not like Brad Stevens, you know, but he's not the worst coach either. No, like I would still rather have him than like a Jason Kidd. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. For sure. Yeah. But this is this is the head coach of the Lakers and you have LeBron James on your team. I think that's too much for a first year head coach to handle. Yeah. Uh, and just the way... It is kind of it does appear to be a little toxic right now in the locker room and I just feel like <laughs> he's super toxic. And I just feel like he is just not equipped to handle all of this and it's to the point where I don't know that he can gain the locker room back. So, yeah, I think he combination of that all that plus LeBron not wanting him as a coach plus Magic Johnson not wanting him as a coach, it's like we might as well just move on, you know? Yeah. Just rip the band-aid off right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would put, you know, Luke Walton, f- fault of his own or not, he he has a lot to do with the Lakers' struggles right now. And then after that, you have a combination of I, I tend to put a little less blame on LeBron than a lot of Lakers fans do, because he is, in fact, still, you know, look at look at his game logs. Like the numbers don't lie. He's still yeah. doing a lot out there on the court. I personally feel like this quote-unquote uh, lack of defensive effort on his part is a little overblown. Really? Yeah. 
in, in a sense that, and my argument to this is, the way he's defending right now is uh-huh. not much different from what he's been doing his past couple seasons. Like he's been kind of coasting on defense for a few a few years now. Yeah, you know? it's yeah he has been coasting, but it's I don't know it's crazy because I don't I feel like if we've seen if he did stuff like that in Cleveland, I feel like we've we would have seen at least some clips of that because it's crazy. Like the dude will just stand in the key while the guy is like hanging out like at the three point line. The guy he's supposed to guard, yeah, and just giving him a complete. It's like a practice three. You so know? there's one really. Uh, I think the one that there's one play that really kind of went viral. It was against Memphis, I think, where he just left the guy wide open. Yeah. Um. So I looked a little bit deeper into that, yeah. and that guy had missed like his last. He was like over five from three that game, and he's like a. <laughs> He's like a less than uh, a below thirty percent three point shooter on the season, mm. so leaving him wide open like that isn't it, it's not as unforgivable as it looks when you just uh, splice up one <clears throat> little clip of him right. not chasing down. Right. Um, but if you look at if you look at the recent Cleveland Cavaliers teams with LeBron, mm-hmm. those defenses were horrible, actually. Yeah. So I, I feel like well, I the mean, way he's been defending is not much different but from what he's been doing. But that's the thing, though. You know, part that's they've been he they've been get, be able to get away with that because the East is yeah. so bad. Yeah. And also, um, because even though he's done that in the past couple of seasons, it it, it kind of doesn't really give him a pass. You know what I mean? Because I feel like he should still be held accountable. It's like, yeah, he gets a pass in the past seasons because they still won and they still got away with it and got into the playoffs, but. Now it's like you got to play a little bit of defense now, especially when you're like announcing to everybody that it's playoff mode, it's mm-hmm. play, at playoff mode activated or whatever. And then like, you know. Okay, um, so so let me ask you a question then. So okay. when when the Lakers signed LeBron James this offseason, was your expectation of him to be a better player than he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers? Or did you just expect him to be like, you know, the Cleveland LeBron, you'd be okay with that? Yeah, I was okay with that, but my expectation when he was signed was that he would find a way to make it to the playoffs his yeah. first year, and he 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 he's not doing that, you know, right? Um, and that's what I'm saying, you know, and and he again, I, I'm of that. Uh, I think it was 25 percent. I'm that I'm assessing the blame on LeBron. Most of that is actually not. His defense. That is a part of it. It's not, though. It's mostly off-the-court stuff, It's right? off-the-court stuff. Yeah. You know? And he's abs- he's absolutely brought that on himself because of the way the way that whole thing played out. It's like, how are you going to expect your, your young guys and your, even your veterans or whoever, all this team to play with you and play for you when you give no endorsement to the head coach and you're actively pursuing your whole roster to be traded away to get uh you know to get another player so you you basically you're yeah. separating yourself not just not only from the players but from the coach basically everybody you're just kind of on an island acting like i'm you know i'm just the shit and you guys are just like you guys need to like either ship out 
for Anthony Davis or play better. I don't know. He's like separating himself from the equation. He's not having any accountability. Yeah. So would would you say, um, I guess if we were to kind of think about who was driving that ship uh, the most with the whole Anthony Davis uh, trade debacle, Mm -hmm. was it mostly... LeBron that was doing that or was it Magic that was doing that yeah I don't know that's a good question because that would that would actually yeah that would um that would factor into my I guess blame distribution right with who who was mostly responsible for all that going down on the Lakers end you know yeah but it's my opinion that uh just kind of like how Kobe has held the Laker organization hostage in a lot of ways during his years. Yeah. This is what LeBron is doing, too, in the same way, you know? People yeah. just bending over backwards for, for their franchise guy, you know? And this is the thing. Like, you cannot do that, no matter how good the guy is. Like, that's the reason why Miami was so successful. Other than the fact that LeBron was in his prime, like, goat status like you know skill set and physicality but pat riley you know he he stood his ground against lebron you know that's such a good example of how you you have to handle this guy he stormed into pat riley's office and he was like you gotta you gotta fire spolstra spolstra you know and even on the court you know lebron has bumped into spolstra like pretty disrespectfully Mm -hmm. um which he's had a habit of doing. I think he's bumped another player, another coach too. I forgot who it was, but you know. And Pat Riley was like, "No, that's not going to happen." Yeah, I mean, and, he let he let Dwayne Wade walk too, like the greatest Miami Heat player yeah, of all time. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that that's what you got to do. But here's here's what's going on right now. Like LeBron is is in the driver's seat of this organization. Like he, like, and that's the thing. Like Magic is he's just a puppet to lebron hmm. and i don't think he's intelligent enough to be like well hold on a second you know we gotta we gotta do some things here you know let me let me let me run this organization yeah there's a there is a front office executive in los angeles that would be <laughs> would have been really nice <laughs> That's to, what to, I'm <laughs> to have been uh, in the lakers pocket dude but, uh, like oh my god you know and you know and 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 we were talking about that too. It's like, okay, well, how much would have Jerry or how much would have uh, LeBron James really uh, respected Jerry West or whatever? You know, it's not really about that though. It's exactly. more about like you just can't fuck with him, right? Exactly. Yeah. And another thing too, though, is that uh, Jerry West, his his resume. I mean, he's the fucking logo of the of the league, you know. And his resume really speaks for itself. And also, like he. He is of like sort of that Pat Riley like ilk. You know what I mean? Old school, just hard ass, but just knows how to like. He's adapted to this present, you know, game. Uh-huh. He's a smart executive, so he would. There's no doubt in my mind he would have known how to handle handle uh, LeBron. I mean, he handled Shaq and Kobe no problem. Yeah. So absolutely, he would have been able to handle uh, um, LeBron. So that's why I I I place the, the blame on Genie too. Yeah, I think you, you have, have to. to. You, you have, have to, to place yeah. the blame on Genie too. So, 
Um, yeah, that whole 65, 75%, that's, that's magic and genie, you know? Because this whole shit show is, is occurring because of the fact that we have a fir- you know, first-time head coach, first-time uh, front office, and essentially a first-time owner, too. Yeah. And nobody knows what the fuck is going on. When This could have easily been avoided by just bringing in a guy like Jerry West. Um, yeah. I think he... Uh, I don't know that he... I don't know what his feelings are towards the Lakers right now, but... Um, Jerry West? Yeah. Well, I he might think be Jerry, a little. He might be a little salty. Oh, I'm sure he's salty. But the thing about Jerry West, down. the thing about Jerry West, and this is, I don't know the guy. I don't. I never talked to him. Or, but I feel like the dude is such a fucking Laker at heart. Like, yeah, all for would, sure. Every all would always be forgiven with that guy. That's why I love Jerry West. Like you know, even when he was helping the Warriors, that guy's a fucking Laker. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was helping the Grizzlies. He was yeah. helping the Warriors, and throughout that entire, even yeah. now with the Clippers, it's right? Just like, come on, just this is what we're I, waiting for him to come but home. But you know what? <laughs> this is that's the same mentality that I have when I think of like LeBron. That's what with, pe- with Cleveland, exactly. That's yeah. what people think of when they think of like it's the same analogy, you know? Yeah, certain certain figures are synonymous with certain franchises, right? And Jerry West will always be a Laker. He will always be a Laker. I mean, always. he's one of the. He has his re- number retired yeah. up at Staples Center. He uh, is. He is the greatest. He he's actually arguably the greatest GM of all time. You can make a strong case. You can make a case for that. Yeah. And um, he was a Hall of Fame player, and he was he became an even better yeah, executive. Exactly. Which yeah. Is crazy. Right. Right. And the guy is ultra competitive. You know. And um, yeah, you could just tell even the moves that they made during this uh, midseason. Uh, he just outclasses everybody. He outclassed the Lakers. I mean, we got fucking Muscala for <laughs> Zubats, who's like yeah. Zubats may not be tearing it up, but Muscala's is like that guy has been atrocious in his brief time so far. So they so the Clippers picked up Zubats and they also freed up two like a couple of max slots, <laughs> yeah, right? Dude. In their on their salary cap. Yeah. And and I guess that's so that so I guess that's that that kind of speaks to my whole point of this whole thing about how like you know there's a lot of people that are uh, roasting Luke Walton and you know did you see that that link I sent you with the ringer about thank Luke next that that they I didn't see it but yeah really they made funny. a they made a song uh, Ariana Grande yeah yeah parody. it's really funny you gotta check it out but um. You know, everybody's kind of just like blasting Luke, and and I understand. Look, he 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 probably needs to go. I get it. He he's not. We've seen enough now where he's not ready, right? He's not ready to be a championship coach. I think. I mean, yeah, a lot a lot of people wouldn't have been ready in that position, right. and he's one of them. Yeah, yeah. So I, I get it. He she needs to go, but it's like blasting him and putting him on on notice and being like, "Yo, this guy needs to go." is is like yo dude we need to keep like we got to look at the real issue here and that is the laker front office which is making misstep after misstep you know and we're all the only thing we're hinging on right now is it's okay it all all this will not matter as long as we get that max player to pair up with lebron you know that's essentially what we're saying you know which could still be true it could still be true but the thing is it's like you got to have some creativity and you got to have like real ability in order for this Laker franchise to like really succeed, you know? 
and this whole idea of like like what is their strategy what is their game plan what's like are they thinking a couple steps ahead or are they just like we got to just clear up cap space so that we can fill up those max slots to get our like big three or big two and that's the problem you know yeah i i mean i i'm envisioning like let's say let's say they're let's say um magic and rob have a whiteboard in their office (laughs) and it's like the strategy the game plan of like what to do (laughs) and it's is it just one bullet point that says like get kevin anthony davis or kevin durant yeah or is it like scenarios one through seven or like you know who are the who are the uh players that we can sign for the minimum contract or who are the mid-level worthy like do they have a game plan that's exact that's that's completely true and that's that's such a that's and that's what i'm saying we have like is anyone not seeing this that's the huge that's such a huge problem right now and it doesn't matter what happens to luke walton because at the end of the day we still got this problematic front office that's just making huge mistake after mistake and you can trace it you can trace every move that they've done and it's blown up in their face you know has every move blown up in their face let me think about that uh other than what was what what was majinka's first move do you remember um they did they did they deal d'angelo russell that was them right that was them so that might have been their like first major transaction then yeah Okay, which I know, I know your opinions on that one. <laughs> but that is a mistake, you know? Like, you moved D'Angelo Russell a year too early. We didn't have to move, we didn't have to unload Mozgov's contract that year. Um, yeah, every move has been an absolute mistake except for the LeBron James. And we talked about how the fact that that was probably more LeBron's, you know, desire to be in L.A. than anything else. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I just feel like you know us calling out Luke and placing any blame on him is is just it's like putting a bandaid over whatever situation because the bigger problem is the front office. Like we need to be talking about the front office and talking about how they ha- mishandled everything because you know what's kind of worrisome is like let's say let's say we do get like a couple max players or you know we just kind of somehow finagle our way to get anthony davis and kevin durant whatever right okay that would pretty much solidify magic johnson in that president position for like i mean i texted you that like if uh if they do get a max player he's gonna be sitting pretty for a while yeah and that is fucking worrisome to me (laughs) that is so worrisome to me you know that's so bad. So I take it that your outlook on the Lakers moving forward uh, for the next few years is not the greatest? Or is it? It's like, pretty, how do you feel? Like, it's pretty grim. Well, he, the best way to describe it is, is this. Is, uh, and, you, and you already know this because I've talked about it many times to you. But like Ned Coletti, when he was the GM of the Dodgers, he was so bad. And I felt like we couldn't do anything until we got rid of that guy and had some... The, the GM front office is the most important uh, thing in a... Like, important position in a sports franchise, I feel like, in my opinion. 
Yeah. Um, maybe less so than in the NBA because it's so player centric. Uh-huh. But in baseball, it's it's true. You know. So I was worried as hell every time the Dod- because the Dodgers were actually still fairly successful under Ned Coletti. And I was worried as hell because I was like, oh, my God, if we won, like, World Series, because, you know, you can luck into a World Series in baseball, we're yeah. fucked because Ned Coletti is going to be there for the foreseeable future. It's like fool's gold. Fool's gold. Bit, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's like, that's how I feel right now. Like, you know, when we finally got Andrew Friedman, I was just <laughs> like, I was thinking, we're in such good hands. I'm not sweating any year. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. I'm not, you know, we've lost the last two World Series and I'm, it's heartbreaking, obviously, but... I feel like as long as we have Andrew Friedman, it's going to happen. You know, it's just going to happen one of these years. And so I feel so good. I'm confident and I'm not sweating anything. That guy is always in the front and cutting edge of like every like if there's any like inefficiency or something that he any angle that he that that's that's out there. He's going to find it. Um, He's ahead of the curve. He's ahead of the curve. Um, Like you can tell also by how many front office people get get poached by other organization organizations and that's the dodgers they get like the giants they took the dodgers gm um the phillies they took uh gabe kapler who served in the in the dodgers organization so everybody's up on the dodgers because they're doing something right now you look at the lakers that this is the same exact fear that i have when we had ned coletti it's like i'm actually it I, I would not mind us winning a championship, obviously, but I'm worried as hell because if we win a championship, it'll be despite, despite of, in spite of like Magic Johnson, then, you know, because of him. Yeah. It's, it's pretty clear. When you look at like the Lakers, uh, especially like their big man situation, it's pretty clear about yeah. how this front office is doing. So just to put things in perspective, right now, who, who are rotation big guys? It's JaVale McGee. Tyson Chandler, Tyson Chandler, and sometimes a little bit of Mo Wagner, right? Yeah. Uh, this team could have had Zubots and Thomas Bryant, <laughs> yeah, and and Mo Wagner as as the big man rotation. Yeah, yeah. That's actually I didn't even think about that too. Like, do you think Zubots would have made a big difference during the stretch? I feel like it's possible, right? The Lakers, the the offense is basically playing four on five right now. Yeah, you know. And I know, like, yeah, JaVale McGee, like, he'll, he'll have a good offensive game one, once in a while. But that's just because he's catching Le- LeBron's just passing him open, yeah. open looks. I mean, he was 10 like, for 10 in the last yeah, game. It, but... it's, that, you want to talk about fool's gold, that's kind of like fool's gold yeah. right there. Like, he's not really going to be a threat to, like, yeah. you know, score on his own. It's actually you know I mean? not four on five, but it's actually three on five because our point guard is Rondo, who's <laughs> who's you know he's actually shooting thirty percent the last like five games. That's that's worse than Lonzo. Yeah, thirty percent. I mean the the Milwaukee Bucks were basically giving yeah. him every yeah. open look he wanted. Yeah, you know, uh, he was one for ten in the in the Suns game. Yeah. So and this so that just speaks to the whole construction of the of this Lakers squad, right? So you you feel you you feel like pretty grim about the future of this team. Well, it's grim, but we have LeBron, you know. So yeah, at the end of the day, it's like let's just try to win a championship. But and and this is how I felt as soon as we got him. When when, as soon as we signed or we we gave the keys to Magic Johnson, I was like, 
oh fuck here we go like i don't know like please prove me wrong magic you know but he has not done that and so now i'm just like really worried because even though i'll be rooting for you know of course we'll be rooting for the lakers to do well but it's like he has done nothing to make me feel confident you know like what's gonna happen when lebron retires in four years they're gonna be like Bronny james let's go <laughs> max contract just pick up where your dad left off yeah and he's gonna expect the same thing yeah uh so you were skeptic i mean i think most people were like when magic johnson got hired it was like huh it was like oh interesting you know what did you think of because basically his first move was to hire rob palinka as gm right yeah and And i feel like that's still kind of like a, a mystery like a question mark right and you know i remember we had a conversation about this the day it happened you you know you were kind of intrigued by that right and and um i didn't know much about rob palinka uh before he before he got hired other than the fact that he was kobe's agent yeah but when i was reading up on i was like damn this dude is one smart dude i was just glad that it wasn't like a retread right right hire. um but yeah just you know if you're curious look like wikipedia and the guy has like credentials the guy has like front office executive credential like all over him written all over him yeah um but the but the worry is is that how much power does this guy have how much like can like in meetings what is what happens does he just sit there and listen <laughs> you know while magic johnson just talks and flashes that smile yeah. you know you, you know when you're like um going to driving school and then you're like you're driving a car with like a teacher and he has one of those like setups where he's like has his own set of gas and brake pedals <laughs> yeah, like yeah. On, in the passenger seat. Yeah, it's kind of like that. I almost yeah. feel like yeah, like okay, like do Magic's like okay, like do your GM thing. But yeah. then when it's like when it comes down to it, he's actually like driving the car. Right. You know, like you know what it would have been brilliant is if we had brought in uh, a Jerry West and then had Rob Plinka just be his understudy. I mean, that would have made me feel that, pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah. that would have been amazing. Because, you know, Palinka would have absolutely taken all that shit like a sponge and really yeah. just understood, like, all the nuances, you know? Because he's such a bright guy. Um, I mean, he or, his the whole selling point with Rob was that he has a really good understanding of, like, CBA, the CBA and right. stuff. So he already has that yeah, into his background. Absolutely. And then, yeah, you pair that with, like, the tutelage of a jerry west and then he could have been like a, a very good gm for you know? sure i mean he sure. still could be a good gm yeah which is it's just unknown like what what his value is right now and like how much influence he has like nobody knows yeah i just you know? but i just can't imagine palinka like stepping up to magic you know when magic is going off on his thing he's like can you imagine Rob palinka goes whoa, whoa hold on magic let's <laughs> No, he's he like <laughs> he will tell him like a parable or like a story right. first, and then right. like give his suggestion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The both of these guys, it's really like each one of them. When I hear them talk in public, it's just like what I don't understand. It's weird. <laughs> I understand what's going on with these it's two. Weird. Um. So you, yeah, you're you seem pretty concerned about things going forward. You know, so for concerned. me. I, I'm, I'm, I tend to look, try to look at the positive, 
So the positives are we do have LeBron James, and whether you like him or not, he still is in his prime. Okay. Even if not, his this non-prime is still fucking amazing. Yeah. Still a top five player. Yeah. Oh, without in the a game. doubt. Yeah. And you have young you have young talent on your team and you and you have cap flexibility after mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. So it's not completely set in stone that this team is headed toward a a downward trend. We're only kind of speculating right now based on our opinions on Magic Johnson, basically. He's probably Mm -hmm. the number one reason why anyone would feel a little bit skeptical of things going forward, right? Or is LeBron like such a problem that this chemistry issue is going to persist after this season i i feel like it's going to well things can change you know things can change but i i think there are just huge concerns with what's going on because um there's nobody keeping lebron in check and when you when you can't find it's like i and i was texting this with you too one of the reasons why i'm not so hard on luke walton is because like you know, if you are a middling uh, team, a coach is not going to make that much of a difference. However, if you're a ch- if you are a championship caliber team, a coach can be the difference between like you winning it all or losing in a heartbreaking fashion. Yeah, and that's what I that's what I see when I look at Luke Walton. Yeah, he's not a championship caliber caliber coach, right? So I'm not. But this this squad is not a championship caliber uh, squad. Yeah. So I'm I'm like whatever, you know? But I'm concerned because there's nobody to keep LeBron in check. So he's a coach killer when he's not kept in check. Mm-hmm. There's nobody in the front office to really assess anyone and be able to be like, yo, this dude looks like he could be a really good coach. No, I think Magic is more of like, hmm, what's Byron doing? Like, is Brian, <laughs> is he busy right now? Like, let me text him real quick. Like, what are you doing these next couple years? Or, you know, like... Oh, you know, Jason Kidd's one of the greatest point guards of all time. He's got a great basketball. He's mind. a great point guard. Yeah, I was a great point guard. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. He's and he just well. he just fucking flashes his you know amazing smile. Let me let me tell you one thing straight. The guy's smile is fabulous. Like the guy's smile is amazing. He could. Yeah, he's charismatic. He's charismatic. Yeah. You know, but can he assess that? Is he able to? Is he able to like break that down and bring someone? So that's my concern. Is that like. Even if we are able to build a championship uh, roster, that's a huge, huge concern. Like, who's who's a coach that's going to come in and, and deal with all this? Well, I I have someone that I, in mind <laughs> yeah. that I would love to be the head coach of the Lakers. Yeah. Um. And and I've been tweeting this out. I've noticed recently. that. I've noticed that. So you know, I I feel like he could be someone that can command respect in the locker room mm-hmm. and also be a good in-game coach as well uh the funny thing about magic is like well actually why don't you tell well, you should tell the tell the listeners who you had in mind well you know he's still involved heavily involved in the <laughs> nba he's uh he's actually coaching again is you he? know he's coaching the usa team usa basketball oh i didn't know that yeah that's pretty yeah. sweet um so uh the head coach of usa basketball right now is popovich yeah and 
I, and obviously that's not the guy you're talking about. Yeah, and he's you know he's he's gonna like save himself for like the main tournaments like yeah. the Olympics and like the yeah. World Championships. But there are other like qualifying tournaments and things that that the USA has to participate in. And so, you know, he thought to himself, who would be the best substitute in my place for this position? A guy who can handle all the egos. Yeah. A guy who's still very involved in the game and and has seen the change in the way the game has been played up close and personal. And so... I, you know, for me, I, I, I feel like this guy checks all the boxes. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's, it's Jeff Van Gundy. Mm-hmm. I feel like he would be someone that can be an authority figure to a guy like LeBron James. And also... Yeah, it's interesting because he's not even... Coach people up. Yeah, he's not even like a... He hasn't won a ring. But yet, I, I see where you're going with him, though, because I feel like he does command respect just because... He just seems like such a knowledgeable, knowledgeable guy, and he doesn't really BS around. Yeah, like the only the only concern that anyone would have with him is that the fact that he hasn't coached in like over ten years. It's almost kind of like the John Gruden type of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, like I said, he is coaching again right now, and you if you look at his record, it, so my my whole take on like head coaches and things, it's like, and especially for the Lakers. When when they have LeBron James, LeBron James is gonna co- LeBron James is gonna lead the offense. He's basically like yeah. the offensive coordinator for any team he's on. Yeah, like <laughs> there is no there is no convincing LeBron to like okay you're gonna like curl off a screen here and like <laughs> like be one of the be yeah. one of the guys on the yeah. on the team. He's running the show on offense, and so basically what you need is a guy that can motivate players to buy into like effort on defense. Mm-hmm. And you look at Jeff Van Gundy's track record, all of his teams were very good on defense. Right. You know, he was a longtime head coach of the Knicks, and they were always known to be like, this was back when Patrick Ewing was there and um, Oakley and Anthony Mason, like, they were known as like the defensive team in the NBA. And then... and then his other stint was with the Houston Rockets, and that was a very good defensive team as well. And also, they were all just very good teams. Yeah, just solid teams. Yeah. And you add you add a top five player in the NBA with that, one of the you know five greatest players of all time, right? Yeah. I guess I'll have to say arguably because a lot of Lakers yeah. fans don't agree <laughs> with that. But uh, yeah, you, you put those two together and these young lakers and potentially another max yeah. free agent like that would i would be thrilled yeah no, I, I would i would be i would be totally thrilled with that you know i just got this funny visual that i'm just imagining you know what i'm imagining it's like you know we it's like us coming up going up to magic and being like hey we've got the perfect coaching candidate to replace luke walton and he's like okay all right tell me who it is and you're like He's on the Mike Breen. Uh, <laughs> he's on that Mike Breen announcing crew. He's pick the wrong yeah, and guy. then he goes, he goes, say no more, fam. <laughs> he's like, I'm on it. And then we're like, oh my god, we show got, we show up to the press conference. Yeah, and we're like, yeah, oh. he's got it. And he goes, it's, I'm pleased to announce Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson is yeah. our Lakers head coach because that guy is totally someone that Magic Johnson would would be on board for. Yeah, know? yeah, Magic Johnson. I feel like he he basically got his job based on reputation, right? Who? Magic Johnson. Like, oh yeah. He yeah, yeah. 
it was as if like the number one qualification to being president of basketball operations was charisma, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is definitely not like the top quality you need. No, but that's like that's like the best thing he brings to the table. Yeah, is charisma. Yeah, um, but. As it is, he's the president of basketball operations for the <laughs> Lakers. And that's the situation we're in right now. And uh, and that's on Jeannie, yeah. though. It is on Jeannie. Yeah, yeah that, and, that of it is definitely on her. And yeah. you know it's you know what's so crazy? This is one of the things that I feel like uh, is the reason why this Laker top to top to bottom, this organization is in such trouble. It's because like there's no like there's just <laughs> there's no intelligence going on in here like there's no tact and by that for example like in business you cannot be butthurt about things like you just business is business and one of the reasons why genie bus did not bring jerry west back is because of the whole relationship issue phil. yeah with phil jackson jerry west and phil jackson have have had bad blood yeah and he Jerry West is a—he's been known to not have been able to work well with others, um, partially because he's just personality-wise, he's not the greatest, and he's a very competitive, prickly guy. Um, but his results speak for themselves, right? Um, but he clashed a lot with Phil Jackson, and at that time, Phil Jackson was Genie Bus's fiance. Yeah. Um, but because of that bad blood, Genie Bus was like, "Nah, I'm not gonna go with." the GOAT GM, I'm going to go with the guy who has never led a basketball organization ever mm-hmm. um, in Magic Johnson. So there's mistake, right? There's mistake number one right there. You know, and then there's another, there's another factor too. Like, you know, uh, it, this hasn't been talked about in the podcast, but I sent you this, this, this little thing that I, that I saw was how, you know, the whole Aaron Mintz, the, uh, the, the agent for, uh, D'Angelo Russell. Basically, every NBA yeah. player that yeah. feels slighted by yeah. the Lakers. The, yeah. the, uh, the agent of D'Angelo Russell and the agent of Julius Randle is a guy named Aaron Mintz. Um, and D'Angelo Russell, we don't even need to go into that. The guy was mishandled so woefully, right? Um, D- Julius Randle. Got shit talked on the way out yeah, as well. Shit, which yeah. was so unnecessary. <laughs> so completely unnecessary. Yeah. Um, Julius Randle was yanked around in the organization. He they limited his minutes. They when it was come free agent time, they they essentially said, you know, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Um, and so he, you know, the Lakers organization just really did a poor job in their relationship uh, <laughs> relationship handling with Aaron Mintz. Yeah, and guess whose agent he was as well. Or is still is you know a guy that I don't know had a had a had a wink wink moment with uh, with the grew franchise up, grew up as a Laker fan um, SoCal born and SoCal bred. born and red, bred and was he was so open about his just love for the Lakers that this is it this is what started all the tampering accusations that still kind of haunt the Lakers to this day and. Yeah, Paul George. There's that famous meme of like the guy holding the girl's hand and he's looking back at another yeah. hot girl and he's yeah. like, ooh. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Paul George for like the longest time. Right, looking at the, the Lakers. Lakers. Yeah. yeah. And guess what? Paul George went from, I want to be a fucking Laker, just 
do whatever you can. Like, don't don't trade the young. Don't guys. trade the young guys because uh, I'm I'll, just wait. Just wait. just wait. Don't worry. Yeah. I'm coming to to L. A. And he and yeah, his agent's Aaron Mintz. So all that shit happened with D'Angelo. All that shit happened with Julius Randle. And all of a sudden, it went from I'm a Laker. I'm gonna be a Laker for life to fuck you. I'm not even gonna sit down and and talk with you. So. That, that's this is what I'm saying. Like it's such a concern that all these like business moves and all these like these handlings in, in the front office is like it's just been it's been so bad. It almost seems like uh, Magic's reasoning is like because we're the Lakers, baby. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's all. That's his reasoning for yeah. everything. And it's yeah. like you you have to like be a little bit more strategic. Than yeah, that. you gotta do, and it's. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't, so I don't know how... These are the kind of moves that I feel like you got to make some of these... I've said this before. You have to be... A good GM is worth his salt by being able to do these moves in the margins. Like, being really good at the margins. Like, doing the small-ass deals to, like... You know, there's this uh, old-ass internet... It's kind of a meme now, but he, a guy traded up basically with a paperclip all the way up to a fucking house. Yeah, the red paperclip. The red yeah. paperclip. Yeah. That's what a GM, a really good GM can do. And yeah. Jerry West has has changed many a red paperclips to a fucking house. Right. And that's what we need, you know, because you can't always just get the big fucking free agent and sign him to a max deal. Because even if you do, there's a whole shit ton of red paperclips you got to surround these big ass houses that you've signed, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that is the issue. That's the problem. Like, cause we don't we, like we got to have these players to surround the big guys. We got to have a coach that that can s- step up to LeBron. Um, yeah. So I, there's there's so many concerns with this with this uh, whole Laker Laker organization. So yeah. Uh, speaking of you know Magic's front office moves, we we there are a handful of veterans on the Lakers team that. The team has their bird rights too in the mm-hmm. off season, and mm-hmm. so I'm wondering, amongst these players that are currently on the Lakers, uh, and they're all on one year deals or on expiring contracts, if there's anyone that's worth considering resigning, in okay. your opinion, okay, um, I could just quickly go through yeah, the list, and you it. can tell me, would you resign or would you say peace out? Um, so let's start with Tyson Chandler. Um, I like him. Uh, he's yeah. I would I, with the with the right deal. It's got to be a good cheap deal. Okay, I'm a no yeah. on Tyson Chandler. Okay. Yeah, it's fair. I, uh, I don't really have an opinion. Which is though. like quite you've a kind of sour. Yeah, you've kind of sour. I've sour on him because it's it's becoming apparent that he can't last through an entire season. Yeah, you know he started yeah. off really well. Yeah. It's you no know, fault to him. He's just old now. Getting those like cheap ass tip outs, like I I, I like that <laughs> yeah, in the beginning. Yeah. But now it's like you know, yeah, father time has seemed yeah. to have caught up to him for sure. So I would I would move on okay. from Tyson Chandler. I think that's fair. You know, thank you for your service, but yeah, you know, sure, keep it moving. Uh, and then we have Javale McGee. <laughs> Again, he's a guy that I, I would be okay with resigning as long as it's for the right price. I don't. I don't hate him as much as you do. You just. He's, you've really soured on the guy. I mean, I, hate is a strong word. Okay. You're, I, you're, I just don't think he's starter worthy. I agree. I agree with that. He's not starter. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I it, think what we're seeing by now, by the way with him is that this is I think the first time where he's or at least the first time in a long time where he's probably pretty winded. He's got to be playing a career high in minutes. Yeah. Let, let me look that up real quick because um, you know usually he's always he's never. I don't know if it was he a full time starter with the Warriors or not. I, I, I no, don't think he was. No, he wasn't. Uh, but yeah, he's never had to play like significant minutes. Yeah. So he's he's on the season. He's averaging twenty one minutes a game, which is the most he's averaged since uh, the twenty eleven twenty twelve season, which is <laughs> like seven seasons ago. Oh, but- Almost a decade ago, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's because he was really good in the beginning of the season, but I think fatigue has probably caught up to him. Again, we we I mean you, we brought up like fool's gold with like talking about Ned Coletti. Yeah. I feel I feel like a lot of times his numbers are a little bit a fool's gold too. Sure. Yeah. He's the guy who fills up this the box score. His you know his field goal percentages look really good yeah. because he's just dunking the ball all the time. And he gets a decent amount of blocks. He's so athletic. Yeah. But yeah, he gets a decent amount of blocks, but I would not say he's a good defender. <laughs> right, right. It's almost like if you were to put Tyson Chandler's brain into Javeli McGee, that would that would be a good that would be a starter. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. But, um, but yeah, like you said, it, he's he's got sort of a yeah fool's gold. Yeah. So sense. I would not if if you're banking on him to be the starting center like that. That, that would be, be concerning. A, that would be very concerning yeah. for me. Okay. Lance Stevenson. Oh my God! See you later. Peace out. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, he's I mean, yeah. He he has moments where he does okay. Yeah, you know he's... we like the um <laughs> the end one that he did on Boban when he elbowed him <laughs> elbowed him in the face and then did his little dance. Yeah, that no, was he's probably hit his highlight. Like also, he's he's a kind of a bad apple. Like I I just. I'm not a fan of his antics. Are you are you getting a little tired of the air guitar? No, I'm okay with the air guitar and but like you know, I guess it's just because like I I have a I have an affinity for Mo Mo Wagner, <laughs> but like the way he just just didn't even bother to like help Mo Wagner oh, up. Oh yeah, you yeah. know. Um, I don't know. He just yeah. Okay. I don't know if he's. I don't think he's worth it. Yeah, I I I would agree. Yeah. So we can move on from him, uh, Rondo. No, I, I, so, and it, this is a bit of a turnaround because I think we were both pretty psyched to have him and, and he, he actually performed pretty darn well in the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when Lonzo went down and then, you know, we had the all-star break and all that, I was actually not that concerned because I really felt that Rondo was going to step in and just be great. Um, because he, he's actually kind of very similar to McGee. He fills up the stat sheet. But when you watch the guy play, it's so clear that this today's game is just has just passed him by. Um, the guy's shooting is really bad. Um, it's always been bad. He hasn't, he hasn't really improved. I think he actually improved that last year, but he's back to his old Rondo shooting ways. Mm-hmm. But... You know, the way he made up for that was really good defense. His defense is not good anymore. Yeah. And it's, that's it's, really clear. I mean, it's bad. Yeah. So it's pretty bad. Very poor shooting and now very poor defense. It, this, it, we can't, 
I, we just he's not worth it. You know? I mean, ironically, he might have had like the moment of the season for the Lakers with the buzzer right. beater at Boston. But well, that could since, have been the moment of the season, but yeah. it's not, it, it isn't anymore. I mean, since then he has it. He's kind of gone into the tank, yeah. you know, with his performance. I mean, he did score twenty points against the Bucks, but that was just because they like yeah. let him wide open. That you was know? sheer volume. Uh, shots. Yeah, and I, I think I have been even more vocal than you about how um, pleased I was with Rondo for a stretch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I gotta, I, I have to say, much like in the way of like Tyson Chandler, it seems like he just is kind of wearing down at this point. Yeah, and like you said, the, if you have a point guard that can't like shoot threes, then it's difficult. You have to make it up in everything else. Also. You know? It's like you can't have two point guards on the same team that are like that. Like, yeah, Lonzo can't shoot worth a lick at least right now. You can't have another guy not point guard to, to just be unable to shoot. Right, right. Which so, is like, yeah. you know, you think about it, it's like, what was the front office thinking? So many guys that I just mean, could not shoot. Like here, you know, hard question to answer. Yeah, another thing know? that I want to bring up too is. Because I felt strongly about this during the offseason. Why did we not re-sign Brook Lopez? I mean, yeah. I yeah. was so befuddled by that. I thought he would have been perfect on this so team. So perfect. Don't you think that guy would be our best three-point shooter? Uh, Him and Reggie Bullock, probably, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, granted, we didn't know that Reggie Bullock would be yeah on the team. But, yeah, Brook Lopez would have been... And he's a big man, right? So, I just... He's like a three-point assassin this year. Dude, he yeah. is. And he, again, he's a big body. He's a guy like you wouldn't have to start so many minutes to allocate so many minutes to JaVale McGee because you got Brooke Lopez. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I know Brooke Lopez isn't like a like a defensive specimen or like a block party guy, but he's he's a big dude. So I, I even forgot to mention Brooke Lopez when I said... Let's add Brook Lopez. So the Lakers could have had Brook Lopez, <laughs> oh God, Thomas Bryant, yeah, and Zubats as the three man big rotation. Oh, I mean, don't forget Demarcus Cousins. Well, I mean, that's that's a little bit more speculative, speculative because you know I mean, these guys are at least at least these guys are all on the team at one oh, point. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean, see, the reason why I'm so salty about Demarcus Cousins is because it's like you were so. Like, you got the fucking mean team, and you were okay with, with risking it all for guys like Lance Stevenson and uh, Rondo, who are total bad apples. They're known for being bad apples. Yet, you didn't want to, like, take a flyer on DeMarcus Cousins? Yeah, I don't it's know. It's weird. That's so know. weird to me, man. Like, what is going on in Magic's head? Anyways, all right. We've, we've belabored the point. Go back so, to the guys. Yeah, so they're... It sounds like so far there hasn't been like a really strong yes bring him bring him back yet. Sure. So okay. let's keep keep it moving. Yeah. Uh, and this guy has been <laughs> <laughs> him. Uh, he's kind of been on the um, same boat as Luke Walton in terms of like receiving. The oh shit my from god! I, I'm a, before you even say it, I will say fuck no, like a resounding no. Um, KCP. Yeah. No. So he's, um, you know, I, I think he should be thanking Rich Paul for the rest of his life because... A.K.A. LeBron James. Because um, he squeezed out $30 million from the Lakers over yeah. the past two seasons. And so we don't need to revisit that again. No. Um, I'm actually just curious to see what kind of contract he'll get with the next team. 
I can see like I can see him signing for like the minimum on the Warriors or something like that. You think he's gonna get the minimum? I don't. I don't know. I I have no idea. Wow, that's crazy. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything to help his stock. Yeah, I that would, guy at I one point say. was people were thinking he was gonna get like a four year, eighty million dollar contract. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So we can move on from him. Yeah. Uh, I wish we could move on from him right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Muscala, which I, I, no, I don't think we've even really seen him play that much. Yeah, but, but he's been bad. I yeah. feel like even when he's been on the court. So the last player and the guy I think might be the only one that we would want to possibly try to bring back is Reggie Bullock. Yeah, I, I, a lot can change. I feel like from now and the end of the season, but. Yeah, he's you know, he's a welcome welcome sight in terms of three point shooting. So um I think it all depends on how much he's gonna want, you know? Right. Or right. how much he's gonna cost, actually. So on the year on the year Reggie is shooting thirty nine percent from three. Yeah. For the Lakers so far, he's shooting forty four percent from three. Yeah. Uh good I, thing he's been on the bench in crunch time minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um <laughs> He hasn't really had. He hasn't really gotten like that juicy contract yet. Mm-hmm. He's he's making uh, two point five million this year, and he's relatively young still, right? Oh, well, he's. I think he's turning. Um, he is turning twenty eight okay. soon. Yeah, yeah. He's and he's. I mean, he's a shooter, so that's going to age pretty well. So yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what his market value is. Um, right. right. But uh, I don't know mid level. Possibly. Wow, I could see I him know. getting, yeah, who knows? He could be getting a lot. Who knows? Like, I would not, I don't think I would sign him for anything more than the mid-level. Okay. Because nowadays, it's like, you have to save all your cap room for, like, the, the, big, those, the big ones. Those, yeah. yeah, the big fish. Yeah. So, that kind of is, that's the rundown of all of, all of the, the vets. Mm-hmm. So... Moving on to an even more positive note, <laughs> I think... I'm looking forward to this. You know... Yeah, it looks like the Lakers are not going to make the playoffs. And so a lot of people are like, fuck this team. I'm not watching this shit anymore for the rest of the year. But if there's any reason to continue watching these Lakers games, playoffs or not, it is to see the arrival, the blossoming before our own eyes of Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy is on a complete tear, if you haven't noticed. You Dude, know? like his... His numbers look real good, right? They yeah. look so fucking I good. I want to pull up his his uh splits right now. Um It's only getting better, yeah. you know? And uh This so there's been two games played this month so far. He's averaging 28 and 8. You know? He finished he finished February averaging 21 points. Six rebounds and three assists. And it's actually, I feel like it's even better than because he's really turned it on the last two two weeks or so, right? Yeah, his yeah. last, um, I think this is, the, he scored over like 20 points in his last six games. Yeah. And um, even before that, it's been like 19, 19. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's yeah. around there. And he's shooting at a really good clip. Right. Shooting, making his free throws. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we both said it like, Heading into the season, it was like, yes, Brandon Ingram is going to be the number two guy on this team. And, you know, there was a long stretch of the season where he was not living up to that. For and sure. it was still like, we're still wondering, like, is it going to be him? Is it going to be Kuzma? 
who knows but i think it's like pretty crystal clear now at this yeah. point that he's the number two guy even i mean you texted me like lebron even <laughs> kind of said it himself Dude, on the court i was fucking high because i thought that okay so here's my this is the thing about uh basketball it's just so crazy like moments like that i feel like could really turn seasons around because yeah it's such a player-centric league and I felt like if we had come back to win that, that could have been that could have been so huge. But did you did you catch the camera scene LeBron doing saying that to Ingram? Uh, I I did not. Uh, I yeah. mean, I, I heard you texting me that. Yeah, I I saw people like talk about it on social media. Yeah, they even but, said that on like the the, the guy Phoenix announced broadcast. It. Yeah, right? they did. Um, and I was getting hype about that because it was like. Ingram and LeBron fucking taking over that fourth quarter. Yeah, you know, for a guy who is, like, very, like you said, like, passive-aggressive and is subtly, like, taking shots at <laughs> players, <laughs> at teammates, yeah, to, to, like, outright verbalize that you're, like, you're, like, the guy, like, yeah. my, my yeah. quote-unquote sidekick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, my running mate. Yeah. That, I feel like that could be a big confidence booster for this guy. I mean, he already seems like really confident yeah, right now. Yeah. But yeah. to even like take it to another level. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. It's they, they lost the game. Obviously, and that might might as well have been like the nail in the coffin for the Lakers this season. Yeah. But in terms of like individual <clears throat> progression for Ingram, yeah, that could be a big moment for him moving forward. For you know? sure. For sure. So. Um, but yeah, it, what, what do you think? What do you think his uh, just given given the recent stretch of games for him? Um, where do you see him finishing the year, and what is has his trajectory changed, like moving forward um, beyond? I don't season? know if it's changed just because I, I think you know. Yeah, you're all, been, you're very high on him. I've been yeah. so high on this guy. Like I don't know. Um, I've been so. I feel like he had. I was expecting him to be a superstar since when we drafted him. Like I, I, I totally bought into his uh, potential from day one. So I don't know if anything has changed. I'm just excited that it seems like it's finally coming to fruition. You know, um, the thing that I just love about it though is that for me, I thought he he might have been more of like sort of a Swiss Army knife. Like he's he's just going to contribute so much at every facet of the game kind of superstar type of player like but, a like a um like a prime Andre Iguodala or something like sure. that well right? yeah but like i i thought he was going to be if if he was going to end up as an Iguodala i would have been disappointed cuz i was i was super i mean i've been super high on ingram uh -huh. i thought he was if he was just going to turn out to be iguodala i've been pretty bummed out but yeah kind of like iguodala but even better yeah um but seeing him just his offensive skill set right now, like I'm, I don't even know, man. The sky is the limit for this guy. Like he, if he can, if the fact that he's averaging like 28 points right now as a 21 year old this late in the season, I feel like think about how good he can be in five years when he's 26 in the prime. For half a decade later, he's still 26. This guy, yeah. he will average twenty six a game in his fucking sleep, you know. So tell me, so tell me what you think his uh, like numbers wise. What is his ceiling? 
Oh your my opinion. god! I don't even. Sh- <laughs> I don't even. Fucking I don't know, know I, man. I just, I just want to know like how All much right. this this recent stretch okay, has okay. Um, influenced your thinking on yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Ceiling. Let's say uh, twenty twenty eight a game, um, eight to nine boards, um, you know, like five to six assists. Damn. Yeah. He's a good passer, dude. That guy's a really good passer. That, that I mean, those numbers are like MVP candidate <laughs> numbers. You're the, you're <laughs> you're putting man. him in that class. I am, I am, and I I've been on that hype train like since day one. Um, you know, I I thought that he there was a case for him to be drafted even above Ben Simmons at even at that time. Yeah. Um, and I know Ben Simmons is he's amazing. He's amazing right now, but. You look at whatever weakness Brandon Ingram has. I'm cool with having Brandon Ingram over Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons has not figured out shooting. You cannot be a poor shooter right now in this league. Yeah. And uh, so I'm cool with having uh, Ingram over Ben Simmons right now, you know? Um, so, yeah, I feel like 28, um, 27, 28 or so, eight boards, um, yeah, five to six assists. You're you're really feeling it right now, dude. I'm feeling it right <laughs> now. I feel like I've been pretty spot on on some of our guys, like D'Angelo. I was right about and Ingram, like, and I. The thing, as much as I had a feeling about D'Angelo, it's stronger for Ingram. It was Ingram, man. I, Ingram was the guy. I felt so strongly about Ingram because the dude is so long, man. And you know me, I, I have a wingspan fetish. Yeah. <laughs> wingspan, you know about my wingspan fetish. And this guy has fucking arms for days, dude. Yeah. And it's really playing out. Like the guy's drive, it cannot be stopped. And his stride too. Like the guy's at the rim in like two steps. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. He's... um. He's going to the line at like an elite clip right, right. now, which, which is, is huge. a huge sign. And and he's making them, yeah, which is very good. And you know his stroke looks good. I it never looked, looked bad to me. Yeah, yeah. He just wasn't making his. I feel like his stroke at the free throw line is a little more fluid, actually. But yeah, his stroke looks good. Oh, you think you noticed the change? I feel like it's a oh. lot more fluid. Yeah. So I, you know, I. I want to pump the brakes a little bit. Oh man, just a little bit. Such a such a tease right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like everybody. I'm like thrilled with what I'm seeing with yeah. him. You know, and um, am I ready to say he's going to be a perennial all star? I'm not quite there yet. Well, hold on. Okay, so you're not saying I can see if you're going to be like, all right, he's not going to be like MVP type of player, but you don't think he has perennial all star potential? Oh no! I definitely see. I, I definitely oh. think he, he has potential. I definitely oh. see that. Oh, but you're it, not. Is saying... it going to happen though? Oh, I'm, okay. I'm the one thing that I <clears throat> want would like to see from him okay. is someone needs to like put him on the Giannis like strength and conditioning program. Like if he were to gain like yeah. twenty pounds of muscle, then then. Then I'm then I'm jumping on your bandwagon and I'm being like twenty eight and eight all day. But you know the thing is though, I'm finally seeing a little bit of his shoulders looking a lot more broad too. I saw this before, like sort of the. So my 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 wife was watching the game yeah, yeah. with me the other day. Yeah. And Brandon Ingram was on TV and she was like, "Ew, why is he so skinny?" <laughs> 
still, you know, that's like the immediate reaction yeah. of people when they look at him, you know? Yeah, but you should have been like, have you, you should have seen this guy at year one. Because year one, he looked <laughs> invisible. Like, the guy was drowning in his yeah, jersey. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, like, gotten bigger since since his rookie year when he was, like, 19-year-old. <laughs> yeah. But um, he needs to, yeah, if he can beef up, like, adds muscle to his frame, then I would be very confident. But, you know, the yeah. thing is, though... Um, he so he yeah okay so he probably could be beefed up even more but he's actually like compare him to the size of like kevin durant they're very comparable right now kevin durant does not look big he kevin uh, durant actually looks pretty damn skinny still i feel like ingram's skinnier than him though i don't know i would love to see those guys side by side because i like kevin durant looks pretty damn slim to me yeah i mean still. he's he, he is slim. yeah yeah so i just feel like he, it can still i see your your point is valid but um the fact that ingram can get to the rim at will right now even still with your concern about his size and his bulk is such a such a good sign you know um but yeah it's definitely looking very good yeah. and i you know i'm wondering how the pelicans feel right now <laughs> <laughs> because and i asked you this like is yeah. he has he reached like untradeable status to you um how would you feel it's pretty if, damn close how would you feel if um it's pretty damn close like how would you feel if the lakers got anthony davis but they traded away ingram well i would understand it because anthony davis is still he's still generational talent yeah right? yeah um but you i would be sad though i would be sad because yeah. you know i I'm a I'm a core at my core a Dodgers Lakers fan and I love seeing homegrown like that's why I love Nick Van Axel so much we drafted that right. guy and, uh, and that's why I wanted to keep D'Angelo um, but I would be bummed out but at the same time um, it, it's totally totally understandable you know it's, it's defensible because <laughs> you know when the Lakers played the Pelicans too and D, uh, Anthony Davis played like 20 minutes. Yeah, and the guy just dominated in those twenty minutes. Right, his I mean, numbers—it didn't even look like he was trying. He was just he's getting, probably not trying. Yeah, anymore. he was getting his reps in, you know, yeah, like, and yeah. he was so dominant. So, I, I, I still feel like you got to do that. However, and you know, and I've said this even you know on our on our Twitter and just even with our, my text to you, um, they're gonna fucking hate themselves because of the little petty party that they pulled on the Lakers because now. And you know, and people have said that the Godfather deal never really happened. Yeah. But now that deal is looking very different. You know. Now, like if right. if Brandon Ingram continues to average twenty eight a game the rest of the season, now he's a centerpiece. Now you can't just be like, I want everybody. I want Lonzo Ingram, uh, Kuzma. I want Josh. I want all those guys. You know, if you want Anthony Davis, it changes now. Now it's almost like ingram and then some i don't know some some parts yeah and and yet and yet the narrative out there yeah is still jason tatum is the best prospect yeah you know and i the, and i looked at jason tatum's stats dude ingram not, is right not good not, ingram, not good. ingram is right there dude i mean you know what i'm on i'm on twitter with oh. and i'm and lakers fans um 
they fill me in on how Jason Tatum does on a on a game to game basis, <laughs> and it's not, and it's not. Uh, let's just say uh, Brandon Ingram is outshining Tatum at the moment. Yeah, I I still like I said in the solo episode that I recorded, like I still like Tatum a lot as a yeah. player. I think he's still a big time prospect. Well, here's a, you know the thing is it's like both guys can be can have superstar potential. You know, yeah, and both both guys can be super good, and one may be a little bit better than the other. Who knows? You just you're not gonna. I feel like we're not gonna get to a point where like one guy is clearly better than the other. At least you can't say that now. It's it's more it's it's kind of like Ingram and Tatum. It's kind of like turning into like that in in the way that Kobe the Kobe LeBron comparison is like an apples and oranges right. compa- they're like right. different I players yeah you i know? agree but it's like you know in terms of talent level it's you put them in the same tier and i think that's what i have a problem with is that oh yeah no yeah. doubt question they're in the same tier yeah and that's me. Yeah. right that's what i have a problem with is that like Jason Tatum is not a tier above um and i i think it would be unfair to say ingram's a tier above even though i right. i personally would yeah. still want ingram I better but I, I understand that you have to put him in the same tier because these both these guys have clear strengths and you can see that they have superstar potential so i think um i think ingram's arrival is just goes to show that like yeah once the off season comes around like the pelicans they fucked themselves because yeah, like if Ingram continues to average twenty eight points the rest of the way, he is absolutely a centerpiece type of trade asset. You know, you don't trade Ingram, Kuzma, and Lonzo no, and no. Josh Hart no. <laughs> together for for yeah. a guy that's like wants to get the hell out of there, anyways. Yeah, yeah. That, that, um, that deal is no longer there. I, let alone if it was there at all. But yeah, people actually think that like. Um, Oh, yeah, he's still headed to Boston, Anthony Davis. So, well, which I don't might, know if which Kyrie's may, not there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I we so we talked about this like right before we started recording, but Kyrie was spotted saying, um, oh, I forgot what he said, but something along the lines of like, um, I'm looking forward to like not putting up with this shit anymore, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, actually, but back to, um, Ingram, what I was going to say was, you know, the biggest, the thing that sucks the most about not being making the playoffs though, it's not because we're not going to, we're not going to win the championship. I think that was a given, but it's the fact that like a guy like Ingram, we can't see what he's going to, what he's capable, what he's going to be capable of in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you said this before, you know, the reason why Tatum's stock is so high is partially because of how well he played, which in the playoffs. which is justified. It's very justified. Yeah, it's justified. Um, yeah. But imagine if we made it to the playoffs this season and Ingram just blew Tatum's stats out the water in mm-hmm. the in that round. You know, even yeah. if we lost, imagine if he did that. You know, then you no one can say anything. You know, right? Um. So that's the that's the part that that really is disappointing about this whole season is because we don't get to see and not just ingram but we don't get to see a lot of these young players lonzo ball kuzma a lot of these guys see what they're made of in the playoffs Mm -hmm. you know um yeah so you brought up kuzma and i know that (laughs) (laughs) uh you've been a little displeased with how 
things have been going with him lately. Yeah, and I it's really disappointing because I it's 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 hard because I love the guy, and again, even his struggles right now, you gotta love that pick, and you've got to be thrilled with what we're getting out of him at such a low pick, yeah, right? In the yeah. first round. But and this is because of his own doing because he's he's been so good. He's a victim of his own like expectations, right? Um, but yeah, his his defense, it's regressed. You know, I think part of that is because <laughs> he's guarding the fucking center a lot. He's just kind of out of position. But you still got to put the blame on him when you see guys that are blowing by him, like guys that he should be able to at least capably guard or keep in front of him. Like he's just. He looks clueless again out there, you know? Yeah, you, you kind of hinted at this in the past, but it almost seems like the other team's, like, game plan is to be like, just move the ball until, like, yeah. uh, your, the, our scores uh, has Kuzma on him. For sure. <laughs> and, like, it is. And then, like, go, go to school on yeah. this guy. Yeah, it's, it, it's so apparent how bad his defense... Like, I've never seen a Laker get called for three-point fouls as much as this guy it's crazy yeah yeah and the guy is he's athletic you know he's a big athletic guy so it's crazy how much he gets called for three-point attempts like a lot of it has to do with and i'm gonna bring up luke walton again but like his game planning of like just like letting guys just switch like with without any resistance true but for some reason it always ends up like that Kuzma is either guarding like the biggest guy on the other team or like their yeah. point guard, yeah. and then that's going to be a mismatch. Yeah, you know, and yeah, his defense has not improved. Uh, I've been wa- waffling back and forth, uh, you know, throughout this season of like between the three guys, Ingram, Kuzma, and Lonzo. Like, how would you rank them in terms of like importance to the team? And it's looking like right now that Kuzma is like number three out of those guys. Yeah, well. I don't know. It really. I'm. I'm. I feel very salty about the fact that the Lakers have been losing. And for me, I'm. I'm fucking salty that Lonzo's injured. You know what I mean? Like, it pisses me off that this guy is brittle. Oh, and, you think? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, is this guy going to be injury prone? Because that's not a headache. That's a headache that I really don't want to deal with, too. Right. Um. So I don't know if if I'm putting uh, Lonzo ahead of Kuzma, because Kuzma looks sturdy. He looks like he can, you know, he can weather the this an NBA season. Yeah, yeah. Lonzo, it's like that guy cannot stay healthy. I and mean, the fact that we're we we need to wait another week to reevaluate the guy, it's like in that injury too. It was like a non-contact injury, right? Yeah, yeah. That's so concerning. The um, odd thing about his injuries, it's like, and we've seen a we've seen like a pattern of this now. It's like. There's the initial diagnosis, and then for some reason, like down the line, it's like, oh yeah, and then there's this too. Yeah, or he hasn't improved at the pace that we liked, right? Yeah, so like I that. don't know. I don't really know yeah. what's what to attribute to that. Yeah, you know, but for his uh, ankle sprain, he has like a bone bruise too. Yeah, so he's gonna be out longer than I think. I think we've now passed the six weeks that yeah. they initially thought he'd be out for. Um, but yeah, so you're. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a legitimate concern about his, like, you know, durability. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can you 
can you do is it fair or unfair to factor that into a player um, well yeah because I, I it's not like it's not your like ability it, your ability intended to, to get injured you yeah know? but your ability to stay on the court is so crucial it's it's absolutely a i don't know if it's a skill but it's it's something you have to take into account you know we had a we had a injuries podcast before you know a couple podcasts before yeah, ago you yeah. know and if you can't stay healthy then it's like it doesn't matter how much potential you have um and lonzo is like if he gets injured again next year th- mm-hmm. this guy is he's heading towards like penny hardaway yeah. <laughs> yeah. so what what in your mind what is like the lesser of two evils is it Lonzo's shooting or is it Kuzma's defense? Like, wh- which one between those two are you like more? Well, do you have a, well, more of a, a stomach for? Well, here's a. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Lonzo's. I, I miss Lonzo so much because of his defense, and our our team is obviously hurting real bad with D. But I still. I'm still triggered. I can still remember the feeling of watching him yeah. miss shots so it's badly. It's funny that we're talking about these two guys because I feel like you know amidst the lack of team chemistry these two guys like play really well together right like you know they killed summer league together and like i'm sure kuzma plays a lot better when yeah and they're too and they're homies yeah they're they're like like really really, they're really good friends really close they look for each other on the court and stuff yeah they're really close we're like kind of pinning them against each other right (laughs) now but yeah no that's interesting i think this is the thing like i like kuzma has almost appeared uh expendable now because of brandon ingram's emergence you know um the thing is it's like what positions do they thrive in like where where are they at their best at which positions uh kuzma and who ingram ingram the same position yeah and i think that's i think that's the big concern here is that um kuzma is a little expendable now and you know, even if Ingram had not emerged like he has right now, I would have still picked Ingram because Ingram D's up. He D's up real good, you know? Yeah. And Kuzma yeah. is that guy, he, he wears skates out there on defense, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's, that's just such a concern. And I feel like until he figures that out, and I don't know if he will, um, he... He's he's kind of expendable, so I I, I feel like by default, like you got to keep Lonzo, or at least he's above the he's above him in the, in the pecking mm-hmm. order, you know. So now you know, like I feel super good if we like yeah, like an Anthony Davis or even like a Kawhi, uh-huh. like you get those three guys in the lineup on the defensive end, Ingram, Kawhi, or let's say Ingram, Ingram, uh, Anthony Davis, and Lonzo. That defense is monster. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter if LeBron is coasting at that point, you know? Well... You just got arms for days, man. (laughs) That would... I mean, like I said earlier in this podcast, I feel like a huge aspect to defense is coaching, though. That is true. Like, you need to have the right coach. That is true. And I I was going to bring this up, too. I'm with you with the Jeff Van Gundy hiring. But what is Tom Thibodeau doing, by the way? Is he is he with anybody? He's on ESPN right now. <clears throat> oh man, we gotta get his ass. Like I know he's bad. He's a bad coach. He's not front office material, and he's not a good head coach. But 
I am on board with that guy in terms of as a defensive guy on a, on the team. Uh, I can totally for some reason like I just feel like him and LeBron would just not. <laughs> it would not get along at all. That just well, seems like a chemistry nightmare between those two guys. Really? Why? Because Tom Thibodeau is abrasive. Because he's a hard ass. Yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, don't he's not the head coach. He's just there to like. Oh, as like a, as an assistant coach. Yeah, mean, that's or? what I mean. Like, I'm saying that I'm, I'm on board with Jeff Van Gunny as a head coach and Thibodeau as his assistant. Yeah, oh, no, that dude. would be awesome. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah that yeah. that would be fucking amazing. Oh yeah, no, that would be awesome. Yeah. And just like, just be like LeBron. You got the whole offensive side. Jeff Van Gunny manages the egos. He he handles the overall like big picture shit. And Tom Thibodeau is literally there to just be like Kuzma, stand over there, stand over there, put your arms up over here. Yeah. That yeah, w- that would be cool. Yeah. So okay. So back to the young players. Who has, do you have Magic Johnson's email? <laughs> I think it's Magic at Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> Someone should try that. Actually, <laughs> just email. Uh, oh, send an God. email to Magic at Lakers dot com yeah, for your suggestions. That seems like that should work. That's funny. I've, yeah. If if uh, I don't I don't know maybe. Uh, let's give them a little bit more credit That's to make funny. it that obvious. Okay. Um, but back to these young guys, right? Uh, so Ingram, Kuzma, Lonzo. I would say, I would say there's a good chance that all three of these guys are not on the team next season, right? Would you say? Uh, what, what, not what, anymore, because I feel like Ingram has shown that he's pretty fucking good now that um you can't i feel like you can't demand all three anymore no i'm saying like um what are the chances that next year's team will still have all three of those young guys oh yeah for sure one of them yeah one of them is gonna be gone. so so the chance of maybe two, most likely least, two I feel yeah, like at so, least, okay yeah. so let's just say one for now so okay. at least the chance of at least one of these guys being traded this offseason is strong very strong and then I would say at this very moment, amongst those three players, LeBron James seems to have endorsed Ingram the most. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you put two and two together. <laughs> it's going to be Lonzo. It's going to be either Lonzo or Kuzma. Well, I think also because uh, Kuzma can't headline a deal. So I think it's going to be. I feel like they're still I feel like there are still yeah, I mean you're right. I don't think he's yeah. I don't think he's gonna headline a deal ever. So it's gonna be two of the three, so it'll be Lonzo and Kuzma. Or Ingram and Kuzma because Ingram just he has a more trade value, you know. Yeah. Either way, it's gonna be uh either Lonzo or either Ingram plus Kuzma, in my opinion. So basically Kuzma's <laughs> Kuzma's gonna Kuzma's be gone. Out. Yeah. I I, I mean just just because of the sheer like economics of it and the log- logic logical aspect of it like you know? these must be the things would you say like the type of conversation that we're having right now is exactly what's going in their minds no because magic is just thinking no no i'm talking I'm about the players <laughs> the players themselves oh like kuzma is like i'm i'm definitely getting shipped the hell out yeah like yeah probably i mean <laughs> that's why kuzma is like and he said it himself, you know, very recently. He said this this team is not playing together, you know. Mm-hmm. Lonzo's definitely thought about it because he's been like, oh, "No, we're going to Phoenix if anything." Like, yeah. so he's definitely thought about it himself. 
Yeah. Ingram seems to be the one that's handled it the best. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. you know. Uh, he's playing like he's handling it the best. So, yeah, if you you, you trying to connect the dots, it's like yeah. It seems like Kuzma's the on man out for sure yeah. right now and then cuz he's a really good sweetener of any deal. Yeah. I it, like if I'm an organization and it's centered around someone else and I also get Kuzma on top of that, that's a sick deal, you know. Who uh who do you think has more value, Kuzma or Jalen Brown? Oh, that's interesting. Because Jalen sure, Brown is actually. the other other guy that's like yeah obviously being tossed around in these rumors, yeah. you know. That's I don't know actually. I mean, Celtics fans are still debating between Jalen Brown and Ingram. Still, you know. Oh my god. So between um, you know, I between wanna... Jalen Brown and Kuzma. By the way, Jalen Brown, I, I, the jury's still out. I think that's a that's kind of a bust of a of a pick, actually. I mean, yeah, he was a, he was what, a number third, three, number third three pick. overall pick. You'd expect at least an all star at that point. Yeah, like I like you know Tatum's Tatum's a th- number three pick. Yeah. And he's like panning out. Yeah, that's like yeah. that's like a representation of a number three pick panning out. Right. And then you have Jalen Brown, right? Who's kind of the flip side of it. Yeah. You know, I I think he's at, he's very he's another guy that's like benefiting off of like a good playoff run too. You know, it's true. Uh, but between Jalen Brown and Kuzma, I know there is a there is a day age difference. I think Jalen Brown's twenty two, Kuzma's twenty four. Okay. Um, oh, did he just turn twenty four recently, or what? I thought. I thought or is he twenty three? I think Kuzma's twenty three. Oh, they're only one year apart. Yeah, I feel like that's debatable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would. I don't know what Jalen Brown's defense is like. I think he's known to be a pretty decent defender, right? Yeah. 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 So I yeah, then it would then it would be a toss up because I I feel like Kuzma's offense is it's great better than better yeah. than Brown's. So. Also, by it, the way, I think Kuzma's kind of struggling with the emergence of Brandon Ingram. Have you noticed that? I always thought that those two, those two guys really don't well really don't really yeah play well together on the court. And <laughs> there was a time where I was thinking, hey, maybe they can. But you know, you know, the one of the reasons why Kuzma is not fitting in well right now is because his three-point shooting has not improved. Last year was actually pretty good. And if he had improved upon that, mm-hmm. even with his defensive uh, inefficiencies, that guy would be really good right now still. It, yeah. That's his problem. Is his, that he's regressed a lot. Yeah. His overall field goal percentage is actually higher yeah. this year. His free throw percentage is higher, but his three has taken a no significant style. dip. You know, like last year was really, I mean, it, considering what we thought we had going into the draft mm-hmm. and what he was known for, he shot really well from three. Didn't he shoot like 37 or something? He shot, um, I just had it. Yeah, he shot 37% from three last season. Right now he's shooting 31%. Yeah. I And I think uh, Ingram has passed him up in three-point shooting percentage. Yep. Granted, mm-hmm. he shoots less, but... Ingram's shooting thirty three percent. Yeah. Lonzo's shooting thirty three percent. Yeah. And then Kuzma's shooting thirty one percent from three. Yeah, that's bad. And you know, the guy like we, we I 
I've been saying this like <laughs> I'm beating this like a dead horse. Like he hasn't, he's never seen a shot he didn't like. Yeah. So he's a high volume shooter. Yeah. So if he had improved his three point shooting this year on top of the 37, let's say if he shot like 38, 39. It would be significantly different, yeah. It would be different, and we would be saying that... We would be talking about how basketball is now a positionless game, <laughs> and how <laughs> Ingram... Yeah, and Ingram and, you know, Kuzma can fit in anywhere, because, you know, on the offensive side, he's just... He doesn't need the ball necessarily in his hands, because he can just slash and drive, he can shoot the spot-up three and stuff, but because his three has, has significantly taken a, a big dip, it, he's no longer... Uh, hey, he's just no longer like a really good piece. Like on the surface, it would appear as if they can thrive together on yeah, the court because they're so. kind of different, it, you know. Yep, it does. It does look like they but, should. But yeah, different. for some reason, um, yeah, Kuzma hasn't been um progressing as of late, and that could be due to all the off the court stuff that's gone on, right. you know. Right. So it's hard to tell, but. Yeah. You know, uh, just speculating here, it does seem like he's the odd man out. For sure, like you think that too, right? Yeah, Yeah. I I feel like it is. I feel like that's how it's going to go down because Brandon Ingram's play on the court is commanding that he stays on the team, and then you know Lonzo. People love Lonzo for for good reason. A lot, a lot of it. I know you're shaking your head at that, but (laughs) there's a. I miss him though. He has. It's hard to like. It's hard to get equal value back for him because yeah, he's such a unique I agree, player. I agree. You know, I feel like it's going to be hard to get equal value back from all three of these guys because they get shit on a lot. You know. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll see, but it you know things are not looking the greatest right now for the Lakers. But if there's any silver lining to it, it's you just watch Brandon Ingram play for the rest of the year, yeah. and uh, see the. Uh, the chemistry between him and LeBron grow. You know, like if LeBron and Brandon Ingram both average about twenty-seven the rest of the way, no matter what happens, if we, I mean, we're not going to make the playoffs. Um, that's kind of crazy. That's a huge development. Yeah. You know, because that it's like you got essentially two twenty-seven point scores on your team. What other teams can boast that? Not many. Like on a, uh, let's say on like a championship caliber roster. Yeah. Uh. Brandon Ingram's pretty much proven that he could at least be like the number third guy oh, on that team, right? Yeah, without what a doubt. A, would you say that he's proven that he can be a number two guy? Well, no, I wouldn't. I as in, in coming that's from an Ingram for, stand, yeah, yeah, he, that's still up for up for grabs, right? For sure. He still has to prove it a little bit more sure. on that on that end, right? Yeah, but definitely, yeah. Uh, I know you've been very <laughs> bullish on like needing to get two max stars. Yeah, but it's starting to feel like. We might just need one and keep Ingram. Then that would be very solid. That's, you know? that's a very good point in terms of like uh, the quote unquote championship caliber team on paper. Like that might qualify. Yeah, like let's say uh, LeBron, Durant, and Ingram. You know. Yeah. We got the original Slim Reaper, and we got the 2.0 version Slim Reaper. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be amazing. So that's one thing, Lakers fans. I know you're feeling down right now, but there is reason to be somewhat optimistic, even though the guys calling the shots on this team may not, uh, you know, uh, elicit the most confidence. Yeah. 
but uh, you know, I, I we have dude, players. You know, yeah, it is true though. I, I I'm not lying. I, I miss Lonzo though. I, I do want, too. Yeah, I, oh. I want to see him come back. I think everyone like, does yeah. at this point. Yeah. You know, um, you know, when I'm being critical so, of him, it's not because I hate him. <laughs> you want him to do well. I want him to you're do well. A, you're being a tough Asian parent. Right I now. am absolutely hundred so, percent. So that's that's where we are. You know, let's keep watching these young guys, the guys that uh, we feel like have a future on this on this Lakers team. So um, there's reason to still be optimistic here. So with that said, let's uh, end the podcast here. Um, thank you guys for listening. And uh, there are, you know, a couple games still have to play. I know it's been hard to watch lately, but I mean, um, do you, what's the you percentage know. you give the chances of the Lakers making it to the, uh, so there have been, um, uh, you know, different, different, like analytic websites are putting their percentages out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, for the most part, a lot of them are like under 5%. <laughs> I think five thirty eight still has it like higher than that. 8% or something. I don't know. I something like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I I mean I'm I'd be surprised if they make the playoffs at this point. Yeah, you know, but uh, I'm gonna be still watching. You're gonna be still watching. For sure. There's still a lot to uh, to uh, observe. So um, keep watching, Lakers fans. Uh, so with that said, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast, and we will check in with you guys next time. Thank you for tuning into 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.